The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. We didn't sign Odell to trade him. You know, I just, I want to compete. I want to be legendary. I just think that catch ruined him. My goal was always to be in the Hall of Fame, to win trophies, to be able to leave a legacy. I mean, this is one of the biggest trades we've ever seen in the history of the NFL. This was purely a football business decision. John Dorsey Thanos right now. I'm very happy to have Odell Beckham as a 17th pick in the 2019 draft. Nobody else really matters. I think this moment is going to be more iconic than we all realize. The entire bar started chanting no BJ. The excitement is real, gentlemen. I really think we're going to see the, the fury unleashed. The Super Bowl bow. Let the games begin. Two observations about that. Number one, it was excellent. That was put together by the staff last excellent. year after Odell Beckham Jr. was traded to the Browns. The other reality, how things change in just one year. John Dorsey, no longer the general manager of the Cleveland Browns. Odo Beckham Jr., a disappointment relative to the very high bar that was attached to his anticipated performance when he was traded to the Browns last year. Disappointment for the Cleveland Browns. Failed to make it to the postseason at a time when a lot of people thought they would make it there. Chris, you and I both thought they would be close, but not quite there. They weren't even close. They weren't really in the conversation. They had struggles early on. Freddie Kitchen's ultimately not the right guy to be the head coach of the team, and it all fell apart. But, uh, you know, the, the the Browns aren't done yet, and they've retooled, they've revamped. They're hoping to get more out of Odo, Odo Beckham Jr., and they need to get more out of their quarterback, Baker Mayfield. He's the subject of this segment. And when I saw his name on the rundown for today, I thought, surely Chris didn't drop him all the way to number 33 on the Chris Sims top 40 quarterback list. And let's just be clear on that before people in Cleveland lose their minds. This is not a setup for the graphic of the Roger Goodell evil twin brother Chris Sims and number 33 Baker Mayfield. No, number 33 is coming up later this hour. It's not Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's in the news because he met with the media for the first time this entire offseason. He's been quiet. He has chosen 
that approach. He has chosen to zip it, to say less. Remember last year he had a couple of interviews he did that created some some noise and some controversy. He took shots at Daniel Jones, if you recall that, in a GQ interview. He explained his new approach yesterday when he met with reporters via video conference as to why he has chosen to say less, not more, in 2020. Here's some Baker Mayfield. Just time to work. It's time to do our thing instead of talking about it. Uh, so I, this is the first media thing I've done uh, just because there, there's no need to be talking about it. It's just time to go do it. Uh, and right now it's, you know, kind of moving in silence, which is fine with me. That's uh, how I used to do it before getting on a bigger stage. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to get back to those roots. And, uh, like I said earlier, get back to the fundamentals to where I can accomplish the goals when the season comes around. Moving in silence. I like that phrase. Reminds me of the old Cars song, Moving in Stereo. That's before your time, Chris. Do you like the idea that Baker Mayfield is now moving in silence as opposed to saying a lot of things that he ultimately has to possibly explain away or otherwise put back in context? I, I do. I think it's the right approach. You know, I, I, you know, for a guy that's coming off a year that was a little all over the place, yeah, let's get back to the drawing board. Talk is cheap. You know, it's about results of the league. He knows that. This is why, I mean, this is why it's, it's, it's really easy to root for the Cleveland Browns. And I find it very easy to root for Odell Beckham Jr. and Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry. Now, there hasn't been a lot of talk out of that team at all this year. You know, really. And I think Baker Mayfield, he was probably a little humbled by what the way he played last year, the attention, the fact that they didn't deliver, all of those things. But, man, I mean, listen, we showed John Dorsey at the start of the segment. John Dorsey... Hey, one of the reasons we're sitting here talking about Cleveland is still because of him. He put together a team that's got a lot of talent, and they did a good job this offseason of adding to that talent and making it a more complete team. So I don't want to take any way, anything away from some of those guys there, Andrew Berry and people like that. But I am excited about, you know, Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns this year. You know, first off, I think he's, in a lot of ways, as a leader, as a quarterback, he's wise and mature beyond his years. And I think that's why they drafted him at number one. Listen, did he spout off to the media every now and then? Would I rather not see him do that? Yeah, okay. But I do think this is a guy that's ultra competitive and loves the sport and tries to hold himself to a high standard too. And he is young and he's made a few mistakes here and there, but nothing to where I think it's glaring or egregious. I can't reconcile your statement that he's wise and mature beyond his years when he does have these periodic flashes of coming off as a spoiled brat like he did last year with Tony Grossi when he did the walk-off because he didn't like a question that Tony Grossi had asked him and there have been other occasions where we've seen that we've seen that competitive nature emerge as just the kind of behavior we don't want and, well, and we, yes. we find ourselves I think making excuses for him because we think he's got the potential to be a great quarterback we like exactly. the fire but, but there are times when he can be a jerk. And I, I'm never a big fan of making excuses for people who from time to time act like jerks, although I from time to time act like a jerk, and sometimes people have to make excuses for me for that. I still don't like having to do that. I like grown men and women to be responsible for their own words and deeds, and I think at times he does need to mature. So I don't know that he is mature beyond his, his years. I think he needs to mature. I think he needs some of his personality to catch up with where he is as a quarterback from the standpoint of he gets it on the field. He needs to get it completely off the field. And what he's done this year, choosing to stay away from talking, it may be a bit of an extreme reaction, but it, it shows signs of maturity and growth. So I think there's something encouraging to that. 
Well, yeah. And, you know, when I'm talking about mature wise, I'm talking about the way he leads, the way he holds himself to a standard. You know, I was there at training camp last year. He was supposed to do an interview with me. He didn't have a great practice. And they said it's very they were they were worried as soon as practice was over. They were going, oh, I I hope Baker will still do the interview with you, because when he has practices like this, usually he's kind of pissed off. And he goes back in and watches more film and kind of critiques himself and shuts the world out. And that's what he did to me. I like that. You know, is he a little hot-headed and emotional and afraid to or not afraid to speak his mind? You know, that to me is what he has done within the media sometimes. I don't think it's immaturity. And obviously there was a little issue there with Tony Grossi and whatever it may be. Um, But, hey, there was a lot of high expectations for that team last year. Yeah, it wasn't perfect. He didn't handle every situation the right way. But I don't come away going, "Ooh, man, Baker Mayfield's way over in way, you know, in way over his head or anything like that. I, I look at it, a guy who's highly competitive. He wears his heart on his sleeve in a lot of ways. He does have big talent. And when he talks, I listen because, you know, he's not BSing you that way. So he's not perfect, but he is young and he is talented. And I'm excited about Cleveland. Yeah, but but I think what he's doing this offseason is an extension of the attitude yeah. that he has after a bad practice. He goes into right. a shell to protect himself from himself because he knows if I talk now, I'm going to say something that's going to make things worse, not better. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and self-edit myself as it relates to uh, whether or not him keeping quiet is a sign of maturity. I think the real sign of maturity is developing the ability to speak to the media, no matter what your mindset is, no matter whether or not you're salty, you find a way to turn the light on, say what needs to be said, do it in a way that is engaging, that is informative, that doesn't create a lot of unfortunate sound bites that teammates and coaching staff and PR people have to clean up for hours, days, maybe weeks after those statements are made. Because here's the thing, Chris, He's not going to be able to move in silence once it's time to play the games by rule. Every player is required to be available to the media once during the week and after each game. You have a bad game, you have to be available to the media. You have a bad practice on Wednesday, you have to be available to the media, period. So instead of keeping his mouth shut, I think his better play would be to talk more and get to the point where he can juggle however he may be feeling inside with the importance of not letting them see it and not wearing it on his sleeve and not letting his anger and his frustration infect the way he speaks and create a soundbite that's going to create a problem for him. So I change my answer. I think it's a mistake for him to be moving in silence. I think he'd be better served if he continues to work on balancing how he feels versus what he says. Well, he'll get plenty of chances to talk once they start training camp and everything like I that. Underst- I understand, yeah. but the point is, if he shuts up for eight months, he ne- you need those reps, right? I mean, you've learned, you've seen what it means for us in this business. The more reps you have, sure. the the better you are. You hit your ceiling, whatever your ceiling is, whatever whatever low ceiling we each have on our broadcasting abilities, you get to that ceiling by doing it over and over and over again. My point is, by him sticking his head in a shell all off-season long and doing only one so far media availability, I don't know that that prepares him to handle 
the frustration that may come from a bad game against the Steelers or or another Miles Garrett moment where, remember, right after the game, it was Mayfield who was calling Miles Garrett out and setting a narrative that really wasn't all that fortunate for Miles Garrett. So, but it was um, the I, truth. I, I, just, I mean, he I said it. But, it, but sometimes you don't. Sometimes in football, you don't tell the truth. Sometimes you find a way to say something that answers the question but you don't wear your heart on your sleeve. Now, look, we prefer it for our purposes when people are completely candid and say things that may not be to their best interest because it gives us stuff to talk about. But the best people with the media are the ones who find a way to give answers that are plausible and credible, but not necessarily candid. He was too candid in that moment when he called out Miles Garrett. Well, yeah, okay. You know, and hopefully those are things he can learn from a little bit. I, I don't want him to lose that part of him, though. You, you know? need to be more and objective think, with Baker Mayfield and the Browns. I, you are too. You are biased for them, Chris. This is me trying to help you. You have a bias for the Browns, for Odell Beckham Jr., for Baker Mayfield. You need to learn to be more objective about this team. You're missing what's right in front of your face. This is a bunch of guys who are immature. They haven't accomplished anything yet, and they need some tough love, not excuse-making, to get to where they need to be. Well, yeah, okay. We'll get Get a damn coach in there to give them some tough love and <laughs> teach them how to be pros. That, so that's not their fault either. You know, again, the culture that was in Cleveland and, and really the culture that we see now or anything positive is really created by Baker Mayfield. So I think that tells you a little bit about what kind of man he is in a lot of ways. Again, I know he's not perfect. He is young. He is learning a little bit. But I just, again, I think the, the things like him walking off on Tony Grossi I, again, I don't like it. I didn't like it at the time. I said that. We said that on air. I'm just saying for a young quarterback in that way, it's not the worst look in the world to me. And I understand what you're saying about reps, but he's trying to be mature in the way of going, okay, talk is cheap. Let me get my reps on the practice field and I'll have plenty of time to show people what I got that way and talk when the season starts and everything that way as well. I just think this is a group of guys that's highly motivated they were in a tough situation last year with a coach that was in way over their head. And way yes, over there was a head. way over his head. And, you know, there was a bright light on them and huge expectations. And the one thing I think Baker Mayfield made a mistake with more than anything last year was the oversaturation of Baker Mayfield. Too much talk, too many commercials. It was like he had already won two Super Bowls. So I like that he's kind of gone back into the cave here. And he's going to start going, just let me get to work and go that way. And it seems like that's all of Cleveland's mindset right now, which is, I think, refreshing. I am biased. I understand that. Oh, They're easy I, to like. I want to like them because I like the way they handle themselves and the, like, the way they play the game. And let's be realistic. It's easier to take a low profile when no one's interested this year. It's not right. like he's going to have a bunch of companies banging on his door to do commercials this year. Those are going to Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, not to Baker Mayfield, because of how he played last year. And one of the reasons his play was down last year. And look, let's not let's not downplay the reality that Freddie Kitchens was the wrong guy to coach the team. And you know what? That's a manifestation of Baker Mayfield having too much influence as a first-year quarterback. Because sure. remember that sense after they, they, they fired Hugh Jackson during the season, Greg Williams became the interim head coach. Freddie Kitchens was the offensive coordinator. The offense performed well. Mayfield performed well. And there was a sense Baker Mayfield wanted Freddie Kitchens. Well, he got him. And it contributed to the disaster last year for the Browns. Not a disaster compared to some of their other disastrous seasons, but a disaster relative to the expectations. And I remember last year, Chris, and we probably said this. This is probably in the archives somewhere. They let the expectations get out of control. And no one right. 
harnessed them. No one tried to downplay it. No one said, we haven't done a damn thing yet. I don't know why everyone is pegging us to make the playoffs. This team was 0-16 just a couple of years ago. Are you all crazy? Have you lost your damn minds? How do you think we're a playoff team? We have to prove ourselves. And Freddie Kitchens didn't do that. The organization didn't do it. And Baker Mayfield didn't do it either. Now what they're doing is they're setting the bar for 2020. And one of the things Baker Mayfield addressed yesterday the reality of Jarvis Landry's health last year and Odell Beckham Jr. Let's hear a little bit from Baker Mayfield talking about the fact that his two top receivers were far from healthy throughout 2019. Here he is. I think, you know, them being a little bit banged up, well, not a little bit, they had to have surgery. So, uh, no, it definitely hindered them physically, obviously, but uh, the mental part of it, the frustrations that came from that, I think affected it more. I mean, those guys are, are working extremely hard after their surgeries for the rehab process, and they look really good. They say they feel really good, um, and it, it, it appears that way. It just, it's just a different mindset going into it. Um, and I think, like I said, I think they went back to the basics. They're ready to, you know, to take over, and it's their time now. They know that. They know um, that we only have so many more opportunities together. And he's right. You know, th- those Sundays are – are, are on in the grand scheme of things, 16 a year. And they come around quickly, and you better get back on the horse and figure out how to correct your mistakes. We hear that all the time after games. We have to go back and correct the mistakes. Well, yeah, you don't have many chances because you make enough mistakes, your season is over, you have a, a very narrow window of opportunity. Once you lose three, four, five games, you're down to basically your last chance, and they need to get on top of it with a good start to the season. They struggled last year at the early stages of the season, and it set a bad tone. And, and having those guys healthy is a big part of it. The new coaching staff is a factor in this as well. That's the wild of course. part, right? Because we say this all the time. Every coach wants his own quarterback. We don't know how Kevin Stefanski truly feels about Baker Mayfield. Will he have him on any type of a leash this year? He's got Case Keenum. And when Kevin Stefanski and Keenum were last together in Minnesota, they got to the brink of the Super Bowl, Chris. So, you know, if I'm Stefanski, I'm looking at what I have in Case Keenum, a guy who knows my offense. And if Baker Mayfield slips, uh, at what point do I say, take a seat, Baker? You need to you need to watch and learn from Case Keenum. Well, we'll we'll see if that happens. I mean, really, Baker, you know, Case Keenum's a poor man's Baker Mayfield. That's what he is. Or Baker Mayfield's Case Keenum just with more talent. That's that's really how I look at it. So there's a lot of similarities in style. I do think Baker Mayfield and the Browns offense, the way it's built, really will fit the way Kevin Stefanski wants to call a game as an offensive coordinator. I mean, we know he wants to run the ball. They got a pretty good O-line there. They got a great running back. You know, they got tight ends. They got two receivers on the outside. They can they can really steal the formula that your Vikings used last year and maybe be better at it. I mean, no joke. Uh, I, and, and, you know, Baker Mayfield with a guy like Case Keenum behind him, I think it's going to do him a lot of good. You know, it's a little bit of like it's a little bit of a, a check yourself before you wreck yourself. OK, I got a guy here behind me where if I have two or three games where I'm throwing multiple interceptions and erratic with throws and things like that. Yeah, this guy's good enough to come in and, and make some offense happen and put up some points. So I better be on my P's and Q's. I think Baker Mayfield realizes that. I think he realizes what a big year it is. And, you know, also just to what you talked about with the injuries with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr., hey, that affects a team, especially when it's two of your best players and two of the emotional leaders of your football team. You know, think about it. Okay, yeah, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, they couldn't be as good on the field 
But I bet you where they missed, and I've heard some people in Cleveland say this, where they missed more than anything was their just infectious uh, love of the game and energy they bring to the, you know, it's hard if you're OBJ or Jarvis. You know, oh, I got a little injury. It's warm-ups at practice. You're more worried about, oh, getting that hip loose and ready. Instead, if you were 100% healthy, you might be talking crap to the defense or yelling or just just increasing the atmosphere in practice to make everybody go, man, this is fun. Let's get after it today and do all that. I think an element was missed there also with those two guys being injured. So there was a lot of issues in Cleveland last year. We crowned them way too early. Uh, you and me included. We were excited about it. I'm every bit as excited about them again this year. In fact, I'm expecting a lot better results this year. It's just they're in a tough division, and it ain't going to be easy. It's always better to have a low bar, and this year the bar is naturally a lot lower for the Browns than it was last year, and that's actually good for Baker Mayfield. It's good for Odell Beckham, for Jarvis Landry, for the rest of the team, and for first-year head coach Kevin Stefanski, who who knows that he is stepping into the revolving door. The question is how many spins will he get before it spits him out on the other end because uh, there's a shelf life. The moment you sign a contract with the Browns, there's a shelf life. But maybe Stefanski, who was with the Vikings for 14 years, he knows a thing or two about stability and finding a way to survive through multiple different coaching staffs and coordinators. Maybe Stefanski is exactly what the Browns need. Whoever turns that team around, if that team ever gets to a Super Bowl, they don't even have to win it. If they just get to a Super Bowl, they're going to name half the town after the coach. They're going to rename all the neighborhoods after the players. I mean, they are starving for a contender, not not even a Super Bowl winner, just somebody that stumbles into the playoffs once every two or three years. So the yeah. Browns fans deserve it. It is amazing to me that this team has been so bad for so long, and maybe this is the moment that it finally changes after last year's false start. All right, let's take a break. A change was made this year for the quarterback who comes in at number 33 on the Chris Sims quarterback countdown, and it's fitting that he's in the 30s. We'll explain who it is when PFT Live continues right after this. He's getting ready to turn around his career. I wonder what David Carr thinks of this one. The uh, d- 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 Jameis Winston with that—that's—that's that's, uh, what—that's—that's not a real baseball bat. That's a uh, like a stickball bat. What's the point of that drill, Chris? Mike, that's a new one to me. But it's a little bit like we talked about yesterday with throwing the football, right? You want to create opposites between your lower and upper half to where you can torque just like being in the batter's box and swinging at a fastball to where now, okay, I'm in this position to when when I get out of it, my arm's going to be like a catapult and I can throw a, a 50-yard bomb on a, on, a, you know, on a rope or whatever it may be. So that's a new one to me, but I like that and I understand the correlation to the quarterback position. Listen, you know, throwing a football – yeah, there's some similarities to hitting a golf club or hitting a baseball or hitting a tennis ball. There's a lot of things there that are very similar, and, and there's some crossover, as you see. He had a video posted a couple of months ago on social media of ducking under a heavy bag, and David Carr called him out, and that sparked an interesting back and forth on Twitter between David Carr and Jameis Winston. But uh, haven't yet to see what Carr thought of the baseball bat drill for Jameis Winston, but he is number 33 on the Chris Sims quarterback countdown. 
that a lot of people are going to object strenuously because there's this perception that Jameis Winston just can't play quarterback because he had 30 interceptions last year and he disintegrated down the stretch of the season. There's still plenty of good there. I, I said all through free agency as he was looking for a job, the guy had 5,109 passing yards, number eight all time. Only four people have had better seasons than him uh, because some of the guys who are in the top eight above him had multiple 5,100 yard plus seasons he's he's uh, he's got it he knows how to move yeah. the football down the field he just makes too many mistakes and he's he's now with a guy that should be able to iron out a lot of those mistakes and if Sean Payton can't Chris no one can no that's right if he can't no one can and we'll be done and Jameis Winston will be done in the NFL if he can't show that he can be corrected at least in some sort of fashion by by Sean Payton yeah the talent's real like you said the good is great the good is top 10 in the NFL the bad is the bottom 10 in the NFL. And as I told you, Mike, when I when I made this list, the Chris Sims top 40, I made it with this criteria. I'm a head coach. My butt's on the hot seat. Here's my pecking order for quarterbacks who I would trust to be my starter or would want most to be my starter. And as much as I love Jameis Winston's high-end talent, if I was a head coach with my butt on the hot seat, I don't want him to be my starter. I don't. And... You know, Mike, just for like true clarity here, I had to do a, a backup quarterback list a few weeks ago. I had Jameis Winston ahead of some guys that we're going to see here in the next week on my quarterback countdown as far as backups. But that's a different conversation as far as being a backup and being a starter. And I don't trust Jameis Winston, the starter right now. And that's why 32 teams didn't either. And that's why he'll be 33 for me. So there's a lot to love about his game. There's no doubt about it. But you know, between, hey, you know, immature, stupid decisions on the field, some of that off the field, all of that, you got to take it all into account. And uh, I think this is the perfect place for him to go and kind of rebound uh, and regroup his career. And off the field, you know, he hasn't had a major incident in a couple of years. He had that three-game right. suspension to start the 2018 season flowing from the incident with the Uber driver a couple of years before that three game suspension under the personal conduct policy, the issues at Florida state well documented uh, from litigation to uh, allegations that were made against him. But for the most part in recent years, he's been clean as far as we know, but from a quarterback standpoint, last year was a disaster and Bruce Arians went to Tampa Bay specifically to work with Jameis Winston. And after one year working together, Arians decided to throw him overboard. That's how exasperated Arians was with Winston's inability, especially And Arians has explained this. It was in December when he's seen other quarterbacks step up. Winston stepped back. He regressed. And he got to that 30th interception in overtime in the last game of the season. You know, they weren't playing for a playoff berth. They were playing for pride. He coughs the ball up to the Falcons. They run it in. Game over. Career over in Tampa Bay for Jameis Winston. All right, let's play a little what's more likely Jameis Winston edition. Preseason, Jameis throws more touchdowns or interceptions as he learns the Saints offense. Again, preseason only. More TDs or interceptions. I'm going more TDs all the way. You know, I, I just, the more I sit here and the season's over, Mike, and you just brought up Bruce Arians, you know, two aggressive people together in Winston and Jameis Winston, I mean, Winston and Bruce Arians, that was a negative. Like two positives equal a negative. Well, two, two aggressive, uh, you know, play, uh, coach and quarterbacks like that equals a negative too. Sean Payton's going to reel him in and go, hey, dude, you don't need to be as aggressive. My offense We'll send out more formations and motions and other crap to confuse defenses that it'll be aggressive for you. You just listen to what I say and throw to that guy. 
And I think it's going to do a world of wonders for Jameis Winston, and it's going to you know change his game. Yeah, you know what? I agree with you completely, and uh, this is his opportunity. We saw Teddy Bridgewater parlay two seasons in New Orleans into a $22 million a year contract with the Panthers because he got a chance to play last year when Drew Brees was injured. Next topic, though, in the regular season, if Drew Brees stays healthy and plays all 16 games, will Sean Payton design plays for Jameis to come in from time to time, or will Jameis Winston stay on the bench as long as Brees is able to play? And we have to throw that Taysom Hill factor into there as well. Right. I, I think he'll stay on the bench. I do. I don't think there's going to be a design pack. You know, maybe we see it late in the year, maybe just just throw something out there. But I don't I don't expect it to be a, you know, a consistent part of the game plan. I don't know. As long as Drew Brees is healthy, you know, Winston will be the true backup. You know, they'll use Taysom Hill and his package of plays and do it that way. You know, you can't give Taysom Hill a package of play, Jameis Winston a package of plays and then go, Hey, Drew, I know you've been, you know, you sat on the sidelines for 25 snaps this game already because of the other packages. Now it's the last two drives of the game. I need you to be clutch and get back in rhythm and make a lot of plays. I think that would be too much to ask of Drew Brees. But, uh, yeah, I think ultimately Winston will play the true backup role and only get in there in garbage time or if Drew Brees gets hurt. Yeah, and look, it's 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 a strange existence for a backup quarterback because in a roundabout way, you are hoping that something happens to the starter so you get a chance to play, but he's still your teammate and he gives the team the best chance to win. But we saw what happened for Teddy Bridgewater last year. Right. Started five games, won all five, and has made big money on the open market because of it. All right, what's more likely next offseason, Jameis gets a big multi-year contract offer from some other team or he stays in New Orleans as a backup potentially, if not presumably, to Taysom Hill? I, I think that would probably be the, the you know, the one I would choose. Stays in, stays in New Orleans as a backup. Again, Drew Brees hasn't been hurt a lot during his career. I mean, it's very rare. So I don't expect him to, to miss games. I guess that's what I'm kind of banking on, that Drew Brees in his last season will play just about the whole year. And I don't think Jameis Winston is going to get that opportunity to prove himself to be a starter somewhere else. I, I, I just don't think that'll happen. So I think we'll see him back in New Orleans uh, once again. And, you know, Mike, hey, again, I just want to say this. This guy, if he can get it right, has big-time talent. I think you agree. I think. I, I, I mean, it really is. You know, so I'm not giving hope up, uh, up on Jameis Winston yet. I'm not. You know, I think this is a guy, he's a difference maker. He can win football games for you. He can make plays that, you know, only the – top six or seven, eight quarterbacks in football can make at times. So if Sean Payton can get this element out of him, you know, watch out. It's just a big if. We don't know. Such a strange dynamic. 2015, the top two picks, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, they, uh, they, they, they both played well enough to have their fifth-year options picked up, but then in their fifth years, they both failed, and they had to move on to backup roles, and we'll see what Jameis Winston can do as a backup, maybe for only one year. The more he gets a chance to play with Sean Payton, the more likely it is someone will say, hey, maybe we right. need to get Jameis Winston on our team as a potential starter as soon as 2021. All right, when we return, you're going to hear some quarterback jeopardy from Chris Sims unbuttoned. And then we're going to draft. This one's a fun one. This one, I like this one. The stadiums we would most like to rent out for a vacation. That's coming up in just a few moments here on Pro Football Talk Live. We'll be right back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The theme here is young quarterbacks, and specifically, it's quarterbacks from the class of 2018 and 2019. Which quarterback had four games last season where he threw for over 300 yards and no picks? Ooh, it's four, four games. Four different times. Yeah, over 300 and no interceptions. Damn, so I don't think that is... I don't think that's Patrick Mahomes, as obvious as you want to say that. Hold on. I he's not in this class, though, Chris. He, oh, yeah, he's I'm not wrong. in this. Yeah. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm three years down the road. I'm, I'm wrong. Okay, okay. Hold on. Hold on. I got to think about this. It's not Baker Mayfield. It's not Sam Darnold, I don't think. Hold on. It might be Sam Darnold. Um, ooh, Lamar Jackson. Four times, you said? Four times, over 300, and no picks. And, and this all is all right. last season. This isn't in the career. This is last season to happen. Yep. It's not. Oh, ooh. Daniel Jones? There you go. Look at you. Man, that fire. was a tough one. That was a tough one. So, Peter King... Last summer, throwing out the first pitch at a minor league game. There he is, making the walk out to the mound. A little red carpet Man, action. they gave him a red carpet, huh? I like that. Getting up on the mound. You'll have to account for the mound. Hey, no hesitation. Goes right wow. out. Fires it. No thought. No contemplation. No signal. He must have been nervous. Just Guy's get nervous. Rid of it. Get He's it choking over under the pre- Yeah, just get it over. Here you go. Get the ball out of my hand. I'm sick of thinking about this. <laughs> But he didn't choke. He he made the throw. I you know. know what? He made I the just throw. realized he writes left-handed and he throws right-handed. I write left-handed I even, and I throw left-handed. I didn't know he either one of those. I didn't know he write left right, uh, wrote left-handed. But yeah, I wanted to write see it. him get up there. Write it. He write it good and he didn't you throw write it, it you, good you almost, either. You almost you almost <laughs> righted the ship, but no. I want him to get. I want him to get up there and go through a full wind-up and you know. Give me some cheese. I want to. I want to see the fastball. I want to see the heater or the spitter. Wear the hat. Get a little Vaseline under the under the bill. Make it move a little bit. Uh, what what I would mean, be your approach? Uh, I would be your approach. There, this big like, giant goes out you. there. I mean, he didn't even come to a stop. He literally walked his way into the throw. I mean, very lit. 
let it build up, tease the fans a little bit. I mean, I, my approach would have been I would have stu- stood there, gone through the full wind-up like Nolan Ryan style, lifted the leg and thrown one in there. Would you? I, I mean, look, I, I assume you'd be able to deliver it right down the middle. You, you've got high levels of athletic ability. We've seen some hilarious misfires on on first pitches, but usually that's from somebody who who has never done anything athletic at all. I I assume you would try to you, you'd put a little you'd put a little juice on it. You'd fire it in there as hard as you could. All right. So here, a quick story. I know we got to get to the draft. So I I threw out the pitch for one game in my life in Major League Baseball. It was when I was in Tampa Bay. It was the year after I lost his spleen. The Devil Rays were playing the Yankees. I'm a Yankees fan, as you know. And the Devil Rays know that. But they still invited me, and it was awesome. It was great. You know, Joe Madden was the manager. But, Mike, as I was getting ready to throw the first pitch, I started to throw the baseball around. And no joke, this is the first time I realized something was wrong with me after my post-spleen surgery. I was throwing the baseball going, damn, I'm having a hard time controlling this thing. And I started to realize that I really had no control. And I got nervous as hell when I stepped up to that mound because I was going, "Uh uh-oh, I'm not sure if I know where this thing's going to go. I threw it a little high, but the guy caught it. So uh, they they did me a favor there. But that was a pretty cool experience. Were you wearing a Devil Rays cap or a Yankees cap? I was wearing a Devil Rays cap. I threw the pitch. I looked over at the Joe Torre in the Yankees dugout and gave him a thumbs up and what's up. And uh, that was it. But. Yeah, I used to enjoy doing that. Went to a lot of Devil Rays games in my day. All right, we're talking about baseball and first pitches because the AA Pensacola Blue Wahoos are letting fans stay the night at the stadium if you rent it out via Airbnb. $1,500 a night. You get access to the newly renovated clubhouse, batting cage, and field. Bats, balls, and helmets provided. Bedroom with 10 beds. That's not a bad deal. For 150 no. a night, if it sleeps 10, you get a bunch of buddies, you get a couple of families together, you get a kid, you know, a few kids. I mean, that that's that's not a bad deal uh, for anybody in the Pensacola area. $1,500 a night, you get you can sleep 10, and you can just play baseball all night long. So, right. so the basis for today's draft, NFL stadiums you would rent for a vacation, Chris. Uh, this one's going to be fun. I've got the trivia question for you, and the trivia question is. Which is the oldest stadium in the NFL? Wow. Just coming out with the old, what is the oldest stadium in the NFL? Um, Well, I I would have to think that's Lambeau Field, no? No, it's not. It is Soldier Field, opened in 1924. Ah. Lambeau Field opened in 1957. The third oldest stadium, now that the Coliseum in Oakland has been vacated by the Raiders, Arrowhead, 1972. So wow. Soldier Field, the oldest. I get the first pick. And, uh, man, um, I, I have to start with one of the two new ones. Um, and I'll, I'll, go, I, I'll go Raiders Stadium. Allegiant Stadium is the name of it. I just think it looks cooler. You, you talked earlier about how both the new stadiums, the L.A. and the Las Vegas stadiums, look like they're ready to take off and fly away into outer space. But you got to throw the Vegas factor into it as well. I mean, if you're going to be there all week, there's only so much you can do in the football stadium. You're in Las Vegas for crying out loud. So between Las Vegas and Los Angeles, I'll take Las Vegas. Walk over to the casino, go see a show, go to the buffet, come back to the stadium, sleep it off, do it all over the next day. I mean, they always talk about how great the suites are in Las Vegas. This is the ultimate Las Vegas suite, the entire Allegiant Stadium. So uh, that's the one that I would want without question. Well, 
I mean, I, I it, it looks cool. It looks amazing. But, I mean, it, for the spirit of this draft, don't we want to stay in the stadium and enjoy the stadium? I mean, you're going to leave it? You're going to pay all it's that big week. money? To, you're gonna, you can't say it was a whole week. week. Who said nothing in this thing said a whole week, did it? It just said rent for a vacation. That well, could be two nights. How, I mean. You take a two-night vacation? Are you that cheap? So Well, sometimes. Sometimes you just got to get away from the kids for like 24 hours or whatever it That's may a be. weekend. That's a getaway. You don't have vacation. young vacation. kids. You don't vacation. have young kids. You forgot. <laughs> vacation is at least a week. All right. Uh, go ahead. What's yours? Is there going to be some slot machines in Vegas? I mean, you're just renting out a place and they're going to walk out. I don't get it. See, that's how I know you're rich. You're just going to rent it out and go, eh, I don't need to stay here. Let me go somewhere else. Um, I'm planning on hanging out in my place of, of vacation spot. So, I mean, I need sun and I need a pool. And I don't care that it's not one of the high-tech stadiums and all of football. I'm going to Jacksonville, baby. That's where I'm going. At least I know I can be outside in the sun. If I do bring the kids, I can throw them around in the pool, do all those type of things, be out there during that. Uh, that to me, I mean, you can't have a vacation without a pool and some sun. So that was an easy choice. I mean, I'm not in love with that stadium, but I would like to swim in that pool at some point. Yeah, I've seen enough images of that pool packed with people. They would have to empty it and scrub it like Bill Murray and Caddyshack <laughs> in a hazmat suit before I would do uh, it. There are benefits to having your own pool when you don't have to worry about the uh, the things that you know could uh, ultimately be in the well, What do you pool, think like, people uh, are doing in there during a game? Peeing, what are you scared of? Peeing. Uh, well, peeing, peeing. Peeing, is, <laughs> peeing has become there's a no little amount, too popular in pools. I just know that. There's I'm a little no amount of chlorine. It. No amount of chlorine in the world that uh, can make up for that. All right, next one for me. You're leaving SoFi Stadium on the board? How? I mean, yeah. it's the same, it's the same yeah, idea. Great. It's the same. I'm not going to pick it then. I'm not going to pick it because I want to go I want to go old school. If I'm going to spend a week <laughs> in a football stadium, I want to go to Lambeau for the week. I want to soak in the echoes and the ghosts and the, the history and, and just be there, right? Go out and run around on the grass. They're very, right. very protective of the grass. I want to go out and play football on Lambeau Field every day with friends and family and just kind of hang out and take in Lambeau Field. And look, I mean, it's not like there's a bunch of casinos around. If your point is you got to <laughs> stay there the whole week, you're staying at Lambeau Field the whole week. You're, you're right. I mean, you know, hey, I mean, you went from Vegas to Wisconsin. I don't know. You're all over the map. I, but, but you're right. I rode Green Bay down, too, because I, I would love to hang out. There's plenty of indoor spots, whether it was warm or cold. And then to run around on a field that you go like Vince Lombardi was here, Bart Starr, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it, it's the most nostalgic stadium in football. So, you know, because of that, I'm, I'm, I'm with you in a lot of ways, certainly. You know, and all right, so my next pick. Okay, well... I think I got to go to Jerry's world. I think that's the one that I got to go with. I mean, Jerry's world has every toy in the world. I mean, I don't have to do anything. We could, we can play the, the greatest hide and seek game in the history of the world in that stadium, let alone when I do want to go to sleep, I'm going to the Jones family sleep suite. I know that's going to be plush and be really well decorated. And of course, you know, I mean, are we, uh, hopefully some amenities are open to where I can get some food and get some good Texas barbecue and do things like that. And then when it's time, you know, the day's over to sit back, eat some of that Texas barbecue and put on the big Megatron TV and watch a movie. 
That sounds like a good relaxing vacation to me. So I'm going with, uh, I can't remember, AT&T Stadium, right? That's what it is. Yeah, and that's how the nights tend to wind down when you're on a family vacation. You find something, everybody gathers around the TV, and they've got the giant four-sided drive-in movie theater screen hanging over the the venue. You're right. You settle into some, some uh, nice reclining chairs in the suite, and you watch a movie on the screen. Or, or, or... You hook up the PS4 and you play oh. Madden all night long on that screen. <laughs> that would be and I've awesome. seen I've seen clips of people doing that. That would be something. You crank the sound up, you get the the vibrations. That would be something. Screw the movie. Let's play Madden all night long on the giant video screen. So that's <laughs> sure a good your wife would you. love that. Your wife would love that on vacation. I'm sure. <laughs> the place is big enough. She can find something else to go do while we're playing <laughs> Madden on the giant video board. Uh, next one for me, and you mentioned the food, right? If you're going to spend the money necessary to rent out an NFL stadium for a week, I assume that is not an inexpensive proposition. You need to go with some, you know, cost-sensitive uh, food options. So give me Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta for two reasons. The hot dogs are $2, and they're awesome. I got a hot dog at the Super Bowl this year, and it was a lot more than $2, and it was not awesome. I got a hot dog last year at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the Super Bowl. It was 2 bucks, and it was incredible. And my son uh, contributed to this brainstorming for me. They got a Chick-fil-A there. So you're good to go for Chick-fil-A if you need a Chick-fil-A fix, and a lot of people do. It's right there in the stadium. So, uh, you know, you're, you're in Atlanta. It's a nice new stadium. You can just sit there all day and open and close the roof. That'll entertain you for half the vacation. And you can get some cheap food and just kind of hang out in luxury in that fairly brand new stadium. Chris, are you there? We lost Chris. Chris says, Chris was not dumbfounded again. Chris is just gone. He forfeits the draft. He has one pick to make. Let's take a, a break. We'll cram in his final pick if we get him before the program ends we'll be back with more pft live right after this chris is back and we are back with the draft of the stadiums that we would want to rent for a vacation one pick remains it goes to chris what do you have chris well as much as i want to pick my tampa bay Buccaneers stadium with the pirate ship and he could shoot cannons and all that okay i'm not gonna go with that i'm going with the new england patriots gillette stadium Patriot Place. That's why. I mean, that's part of their stadium. It's connected. You know, you got everything at your disposal. Mr. Kraft has created a New England world. You can go to the Patriots Museum. There's lots of restaurants. If I got to get a workout in, I can stop at TB12 spot and get that in. So to me, that is a win-win situation. Got my own little world there. And, of course, can look at all the nostalgic things and all their Super Bowl trophies as I do it. So Patriot Place will be my last pick, Gillette Stadium. I have a feeling you'd be on the list of people to not admit to the TB12 performance. <laughs> you think? I know. I have I'm a, a feeling. I'm, I know. I, I, I don't like that. You know, I, I don't even know what to say anymore. I can't defend myself, but I like Tom Brady. I don't know what else to say. I'm just honest in my opinions, and sometimes they're not popular up there in New England. We got a few more things to say before we wrap up this Thursday edition of PFT Live. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back with more right after this. So if Sky Judge is dead, unless it isn't, you'll hear more about that if you check out our various podcasts 
opportunities and options available to you from PFTPM to Chris Sims Unbuttoned, Road Award Football Podcast, and Lunch Talk Live coming up later today. I have a feeling Sky Judge will be discussed when Chris Sims is on with Mike Tirico. But, Chris, there's been some additional information that is now available as it relates to the removal of the proposals for Sky Judge. They're looking at instead something that would be an expansion, a narrower expansion of the existing communication system from the replay official in the stadium to the member of the officiating crew who has the earpiece in to to correct mistakes in real time. Experimentation in the preseason with the possibility of it being adopted for the regular season. I'll believe it when I see it. Um, I still think this comes down to money because instead of going out and hiring 17 Sky Judges, all they do is press the current replay assistant into service to act as the person who helps the referee get it right when there's a clear error. So they're going to try that out in the preseason, and we'll see if it works. Okay, if they, well, I if like they that. Pass it, if, yes, that, that, right. if they pass it, they have to pass right. it. Right, I get you. If they pass it, but I, I think it's the right step, at least. You know, again, I, I do think the replay officials that are in the booth, they're well-equipped and know the rules and – have seen enough football to understand when something's egregiously wrong or when it's not or whatever, whenever they got to stick their nose into a situation. But I think this is the right step forward again, just to work out the kinks and see, okay, is this manageable, realistic? What are some of the issues that we're having with it? Um, so I'm in favor of it for, from that standpoint, but I'm with you. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, and look, they have to do something, and I think the fact that they're considering this is a recognition that they have to do something, and I think it's a compromise from the standpoint of how much does it cost? And again, it's not going to cost any more. You already have replay assistants who are there who are the conduit between the referee and the league office. If that person can be groomed and instructed and and given the appropriate opportunities to work directly with the referee, maybe that's the way that it works out. Uh, however it works, they need to do something other than just hope they don't get the calls wrong and deal with it when they do. They need to take yeah. advantage of the camera angles we see at home and bridge that gap between the ultra-high-def screens and the seven people on the field, Chris. So we'll see if that is something that becomes we'll part of see. the 2020 season. We'll see, and I won't we, see we you till Monday because my weekend's about to start. Detox to retox weekend coming up for Chris. We'll see everybody on Friday with Big Cat. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/slash activecash.